Hi, and uh, welcome back to another um, slightly less lockdown and arguably a little bit more sunny version of the Fit Finance Sessions. The full three musketeers are here today, um, so myself, uh, Henry Ellison and Tom Senegals. And um, today we're going to talk about something a little bit different, um, an article which we've all come across on, on the BBC, and it is entitled Five Animals to Spot in a Post-Covid Financial Jungle. Um, so a bit of a different one. Uh, yeah, but I think uh, you know, it goes without saying that throughout this uh, period of life, clearly you know, everyone's perspectives has uh, become a little bit more sharpened or honed on their own finances and, and sort of the, the financial world. Uh, in itself and you know a lot of people have heard of bull markets bear markets that kind of thing so there are sort of um, animal references chucked all around the place but I thought it was something uh, worthy of, of mention anyway um, so yeah there's five of them and um, so we're just going to run through them go through how they sort of relate to to the common the common man and um, a couple of things to, to look out for so who wants to jump right on in there with, with number one well, I think the first one is a lemming, and as a um, uh, maybe wouldn't describe ourselves as lemmings, but um, yeah, I think <laughs> the I think the lemming investors are the uh, the GameStop and other other shares that we've talked about a little bit on 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 the podcast before, um, and people just following the herd. So it's. Um, it's great when things are going up, but it doesn't mean they'll always can continue to do do so. Um, and I think we've just seen we've seen a lot of that behaviour, whether it's in crypto or certain stocks or gold or I don't know toilet paper hoarding. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of herd mentality going uh, going on at the moment, and I think um, trying to see through some of that. Um, uh, rhetoric you, you see in the news is is often a good thing to do as well. I think yeah. it's very easy though with the, the media as it is being all prevalent around us that actually it creates this sort of um, lemming mentality, doesn't it? I mean, certainly with GameStop, that's what we saw. It gets onto a Wall Street bets, and everyone who's following that piles into to GameStop and BlackBerry and whichever other companies were involved in it too. I think it becomes. I think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's here to go. I think it's here to stay. Um, but you're absolutely right. You've got to be careful because you don't want to just invest in GameStop. You want to have it. We said it before. Well, diversified portfolio will beat any single stock over the longer term. Normally, yeah, absolutely. Just just to jump in there, by the way, a lemming. I, I didn't know this, but a lemming apparently is a small rodent that lives in the Arctic. Um, and our what well, used to be associated or be thought to be associated with them um, taking part in mass suicides by jumping off cliffs into the unknown, hence the, the reference with, with, with those sorts of investors just jumping in blindly and, and off other people's backs, etc. Um, Thank you, David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never heard of it. I don't know about you guys. So, yeah, so number two, so that's number one. Number two, grey rhinos. Um, now, I think these are related to, to black swans, um, black swan events, but um, yeah, who wants to take this one? That's, that's two animals there. Um, which is great. I would know that David in a, in a short while will give us a full full genetic rundown of the two the two beasts. The the the, the, the black the black swan is an unexpected event as as as, as well as um, a dark feathered avian. Um, the, the point being that these things come along when not expecting them, and and one then takes a look back when you've been past this and goes, yeah, well there was no way we could ever expect that. 
Um, examples perhaps are the, the great financial crisis um, back in 2008, and indeed the, the coronavirus um, catastrophe that's happened over the course of the last year. But, but what a great rhino would say is, well, actually, some of these events could have been seen. They were great big gargantuan beasts there on a horizon. And if only we'd looked in the right direction, we would have seen them before they came um, hurtling towards us, uh, knocking our economies left, right and centre. So, so you know, was, was the coronavirus, is the coronavirus, could it have been spotted? And how would we have, how would we have positioned ourselves if we had known it was coming? But more pertinently, is there something else that's there in in um, in our, in view that we just haven't quite spotted it yet. I haven't haven't asked the right questions. The obvious answer to that is no, because otherwise we'd have spotted it and done something about it. Um, but uh, but it'd be interesting. I think if any of our our listeners have thought of a of a grey rhino event that they 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 can see coming coming towards us, and and indeed how they might how they might dodge it. Um, they're they're pretty nasty beasts, rhinos. I think. Um... I think as well, sometimes clients will say, well, surely looking back, it was obvious to be in X or Y. And I think you can't you can't predict, even if you know what those events are, you can't always predict what the market's reaction will be to those um, events as well. I think plenty of times everyone's been worried about certain events, whether that's Brexit or uh know, the Euro debt crisis. You don't actually always know how the market's going to interpret some of these big events and, and and that's why we just have to have a foot in each camp for for different scenarios i think um if i was going to say there's a a, a gray multicolored rhino or whatever it is um <laughs> then I, th I think major things like climate change or um i know the sort of structural trends maybe working from home and how work is more dynamic going forward and um, I was I was looking at something um, yesterday where towns in Italy are selling houses for one euro um, because they're sort of abandoned ghost villages in 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 the countryside. And actually, now with a more work from home digital sort of universe, then um, there's no reason why I know young people who can't get on the housing ladder could move out to rural locations, work online, and create new communities. And um, so I think. What's great, rhinos might be things to look out for in terms of um, uh, risks. There's also sometimes big opportunities that come about by big, big sort of life-changing events too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, apparently um, Bill Gates seems to have thought that uh, COVID-19 wasn't a black swan and was in fact a, a grey rhino. So apparently... But um, question number one would be... It's always easy to say that in hindsight, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, right, number three. Number three is, is, a, is a, an individual who likes to make a quick hot deal for a bit of a quick buck before galloping off. Can any of you guess, guess what animal I'm talking about? I'm talking about a stag investor. A stag investor, yes. Fire away, Tom, seeing as you wanted to jump in on that one. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see Squidge on a on a on a new episode, um, which being Tim's pet rabbit. Um, <laughs> the uh, the stag investors, I think it's more referring to IPOs. I think a lot of these tech companies have been been floating recently, and um, uh, and actually, 
actually, I think M and A activity and in the SPACs and uh, lots of um, companies are either launching or going private or, or whatever it is. And I think um, overall, I think if you bought into every company that was launched um, into the market and bought every share offering and, and, and bought the same amount, you do probably quite well over time. I think the problem is, is picking the winners and, and losers. Um, the averages work out fine, but I think you've only got to look at Deliveroo that um, listed last week and had a massive fall on, on the debut and even hot. Um, stocks like Snowflake, I think, launched last year um, in the States, um, had a very good initial run from, I think, circa $200 up to $300 in share price, but then has subsequently fallen back back, back off. So I think, again, IPOs can be great and it can be the latest next, next Tesla, next Amazon, next anything, but uh, not all of them are, uh, are winners. Um, uh, at the same time so um yeah law, law of averages does you does you well being diversified does you well but not every hot new investment is going to go to the moon to the moon i, I would quite agree and, and actually i was reading an article recently about that in light of in light of what's happened with delivery because there have been some great launches that have happened through the course of the year and airbnb's done pretty well out of their 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 stock sales um that actually you do see some, you do see some great returns sometimes to these companies. But it wasn't that long ago that Facebook and Google and all that lot IPO'd, in fact. Um, but also, and, and then it's, you often find that it's the ones that aren't so heavily marketed because there might not be, you know, common names that, that, that we see all the time. And they're the ones that really do do very well. So it's all well and good knowing that, you know, you had your curry delivered by delivery last night and therefore I'll go and put some money um, into their stock sale. But actually it'll be a whole load of companies that you've never heard of. And you've got to do your research and analysis to work out if they are likely to do well as when they IPO. But, but history seems to show that those littler ones tend to do a little bit better actually than, than some of the big ones. I and mean, another one, of course, is Royal Mail, which... Um, I've been talking to a few clients about recently, and it's 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 not been the best performing stock that people may have heard of. But of course, it's one that everybody did hear of, and it was a big IPO when it launched, whatever it was, six seven years ago. Yeah, I think it's that it's that lemming mentality, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, when you are investing, you've got to um, you've got to think about the long term vision of, of that company, just because there's a lot of hype over. Um, a few months and even if it does really well initially because of that hype it's their kind of self-fulfilling prophecies um, you, if you're investing you should be investing for the long term not just speculating on this month to the next month on whatever the late, latest hot IPO is um, and actually think about it are the management teams incentivized over the long term if they've been running the business to get it ready for a, a big initial share sale and they get their big payday how much incentive is then for them to grow over the next next 10 years so um yeah if you're doing individual stocks and looking at ipos then you, you best do you do dividend as well yeah definitely uh, the only thing that i'll add on to that is of course with, with ipo shares and companies of course there's no reference to previous price clearly because that's the birth of the price of that particular company so you know, the market tend, tend will tend to sort of flail around for a bit whilst it sort of finds its feet and, and investors see sort of where it's fair value for that particular stock um, rather than you know 
I mean, clearly there's, there's financial models and all sorts of different calculations done to determine the, the start price. Um, but of course, the, the main thing for the, the company um, doing the IPO is they want full full uh, subscription, full uptake really of their shares was be lost in the lost in the wind. Um, so you know, typically, you may see that they'll undervalue it for to, to sort of guarantee that um, the take up. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's. it's I think if you're not willing to sit there and go through the previous few years' company accounts and, and sit there and read them, then you shouldn't be participating in, in the first place. So um, if you don't want to spend the time to do that, then don't even don't even uh, put your pieces on the chessboard. Yeah, exactly. Just admit you are the stag we're learning at that point. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so four out of five. Um, this one is, is the coolest in my opinion. I think it's pretty cool. And apologies if there's any German uh, listeners I'm about to butcher the language of. Um, but this one is a hamster cough, um, which you probably <laughs> is a hamster. Um, and uh, the reason the reason why this one's chucked in, in the mix is um, for the German words, we're referencing hamstern, which is hoarding, and kaufen, uh, meaning purchase. Which so clearly, um, sort of the, the whole hoarding mentality. Um, I mean, as, as we know, in the COVID um, pandemic, we saw toilet rolls become gold bullion. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about that one? Well, I mean, it's, it's good. We're, I think all three of us would encourage our clients to save and to save regularly and, and in doing so, build a, build a pot of money for the future. Um, I think that, the, I, I suppose that, that certainly the pandemic that we've just been through that would have that would have been a, a huge benefit for some people by saving and putting money aside because when when you know stuff might have happened personally they might have lost a job or what have you and and having a nest egg is definitely uh, a great thing to have achieved but also if they continued to save and they would have done so potentially they'd have put money aside at the bottom of the market um, and they'd have seen some really fantastic returns generated by the portfolio over the, over the course of last year. I think that the risk of being too much like a hamster is taking too much caution. Certainly when, when you think of a hamster, you think of a, of a shy little creature who scurries away from you um, or when you're not stroking them or they're running around in a wheel. I suppose the other two visions of a hamster, that's neither here nor there. Um, but the point is being if you can be too cautious and you're just saving and saving and saving, but not actually doing anything with your savings. And I think as we're all aware at the moment, savings rates if in, a, in a bank account currently are pretty much zero. Um, and if you're doing that and not then investing your money, you need to keep a little bit set aside in case the car breaks down or the roof falls off your house. But really then over and above that, you should be trying to get it in the markets because that's where you'll see your real growth. And that's really where you'll see the real protection to your finances and your money coming from over the medium to, to longer term. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got to, there is risk in sitting in cash, isn't there? I think it's it's often seen as a riskless asset, but it, it's not. And I know economists, predict 11 of the last two two recessions if you're if you're always worried about the next thing around the corner then you miss out on the growth in in the meantime yes you can always wait for the most optimal time but i would say of those people hoarding how many were confident to um put their money in the market on uh, march the 25th or something in 2020 um it's you've just got to be able to 
go with the ups and downs. Yes, be sensible. Yes, don't take excessive risks and sometimes take risk off the table. Um, I think that's a, a lot of what we talk about with clients. You don't always have to be taking maximum risk, but you need to be taking some, uh, you need to be enterprising with, with your money. Otherwise, the risk is it'll, it'll, um, it'll lose itself uh, all on its own. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird paradox, isn't it, really? Because, uh, well, almost, because, <clears throat> I mean, not just, whilst it's not always the case, but at the moment, as we know, cash, as you said, Henry, interest rates are so poor, um, and uh, cash is large pots of cash being eroded by, by inflationary effects. So that, that's a guaranteed outcome. Whereas, ironically, people aren't wanting to invest their cash in the market because of the risk, which obviously risk can go both one way or the other. You could do well, but you could also lose money. Um, but you know, you're, you're sort of you're, you're saying to, you want to sit in a guaranteed position to lose money rather than put it on the table to to make some money um, potentially, obviously, and taking on some risk in doing so. But as long as you invest in the, you know, in a, in a well diversified partner, you're doing things sensibly, then you're not going to 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 deck it up too much. Um, so I thought that was quite an interesting paradox and something that I've, I've mentioned to clients in the past. Um, it would um i think it would be interesting if we always talk to our clients about real terms and in terms of when we're giving performance so it'll be cpi the measure of inflation plus x percent i think if if you had accounts in your bank account saying you're making minus money so the figures were in minus money i think a lot of people would be a bit more proactive um in in their approach if they started seeing it going down in uh in real terms yeah yeah, definitely. I've done, I've done that for clients as well to say, yeah, but this is how much, I mean, sort of a little bit of a finger in the wind, but on this maths, this is how much you're losing each year. And that, that will happen, um, whether you you know whether you like it or not type of thing. And that seems to change their, their perspective somewhat. Um, okay, cool. So last but not least, we have um, the wolf warrior diplomacy. So clearly the, the, the idea of, of, of a wolf. Um, now this one is a, not too keen on this one, to be honest. It's a little, little bit of a, a long shot. Um, and particularly as we're trying to relate this podcast back to personal finances, I'm not really sure how the example that the BBC have given um, is something that, that, um, that the layman can avoid. Um, but but um, yeah, I mean, here, broadly speaking, the wolf warrior label is, uh, is something which well, they've used in this 